It is Thursday, December 21st, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Poop. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. We didn't call each other before we got dressed today, did we? <gasps> Let's go, Pirates! That's right. For those of you that are audio only, I came wearing a Pirates lid. Ploof had his hat backward until the big reveal. Oh, look where our thoughts are. Well, always with Kutch, our guy. We're going to get to yeah. Kutch in a little we bit. Will. But, uh, we will. I've been a Pirates fan for a while because, see, Rosie, back in the day, I used to get a Pirates hat because of the P, Ploof, all that thing. Oh, okay. So I've always been fond of the Pirates hat. I am old enough to have remembered their last World Series championship. In fact, it's really one of my first baseball memories. The We Are Family team of Pop Stargell and that whole crew. I can, I think I could almost go around the entire lineup and give it to you, but I won't do that today. I'm sure you could. I'll spare it. I was eight, I was eight years old when they won it in 79. I loved it because the Pirates wore, it felt like during that seven-game series against Baltimore, they wore seven different uniform combinations. They were like the Oregon Ducks before the Oregon Ducks. So it was pretty neat, pretty neat stuff. And they were great. It was easy to root for them, even though I was from Cleveland. So there you go. Um, let's get to it. We had a little trade activity since we last met. Mets and Brewers pull off a swap. Adrian Hauser and outfielder Tyrone Taylor to New York for minor league pitching prospect Coleman Crow, who I believe is coming back from Tommy John's surgery. Are you more interested in how this immediately helps New York's rotation or how much more destruction the Brew Crew will do to its roster? I'm more interested in in the Brewers side of this. You know, I'm happy for the Mets. Adrian Hauser is a great like back end of the rotation piece to have. Like they they need more depth there. They're obviously in the running for Yamamoto, but putting a guy like Hauser in rotation, great, awesome. Uh, Brewers though, I'm just curious where they go because they have a. It's kind of like they don't have many choices. You either go ahead and you trade your guys right now. I'm talking basically Burns and, and Adamus. Trade them before the season, but then you go into the season kind of telling your fan base, we're not really competing this year, guys. And I, I don't think they want that, C. Rose. They had, you know, the hater deal wasn't great with the fan base. And then if you do this, I think it just signals to them, like, hey, don't eat, like, don't come out to the stadium necessarily this year, which sucks. You don't want that as an ownership group or or for your team at all. So they have to decide. And I think the right move uh, for them uh, is to keep, Corbin and uh, Adamus on the roster and just see like what's go what's going on can we compete this year and, and maybe we add some pieces worst case scenario you compete and then you get a draft pick for Corbin Burns uh, you know have to decide on a qualifying offer for Adamus um, but but if you go into the season and things don't work out you can trade with the deadline I don't think there's going to be a huge disparity in a, a package from now until the deadline I think they're going to be you know around the same so uh, it's interesting, you know. You, you got to make a choice, man. And um, I think the best choice for the Brewers is is to probably keep those guys and, and try to compete in the NL Central, and, and then kind of make that decision, you know, around July, early August. So let's start with the Mets and what this means for them. Uh, Senga, Quintana, Sevi, Hauser, and then what? McGill, Lucchese, a couple other younger guys fighting it out for that back end. Okay, decent, yeah. decent. They need a dude, the dude, actually. And then all of a sudden, the Mets become super, super interesting. And if they don't get whom they're chasing after from the Far East, then where do they go? It sure as heck doesn't feel like Blake Snell is 
is the right. Didn't they one. say it was Yamamoto or that's or it bust. for them? Yeah, that's what it's it kind sounds of what like. They've been saying, but that doesn't that's make sense it, either. But no, but let's look at it. To me, the more interesting part is what you talked about, Milwaukee. Let's say that the Brewers don't do anything further, either add or subtract. What are they? Are they a seventy-five win team? Could they be five hundred? Could they add a couple more wins? Maybe win a downtrodden National League Central because there's some teams that have made interesting moves, in my opinion. Where are they? I think they always teeter around that line, don't they? They're never a juggernaut that's going to win a hundred games. I mean, they try to win eighty-five to ninety games somewhere around there. That's just kind of like their mo, or or I don't know if that's what they're trying to do, but that just seems like what they do on a, on a yearly basis. So. Where would I what put do them you in think the they NL are right now. right now? Yeah, what the, the current roster construction? Because we always say, well, we got to wait for moves. Let's just say they don't do anything. Plus 500, or minus. 500. Yeah, I I think you got to rip the band-aid off, man. I think we know what we're doing. It started with them, with Craig Council going elsewhere. It certainly sounded like they made him a fair offer. Maybe not the $8 million that he's getting from the Chicago Cubs, but an uptick in what he was earning to keep the hometown kid. It just didn't work out. Um, so it feels like at some point over the next 12 to 18 months, they're pulling the Band-Aid off. And so you mentioned Burns. You mentioned Adamas, who are both in their walk year. We've heard the prospects of them trading Yelly. He still has a ton of money left on his deal. And then to me, the biggest piece they've actually got is Devin Williams. Yeah, I think that once you see where hater signs, that the Brewers are going to try and figure out where he fits. Like, I think that they could get something really good for, I think he has anyone, the national league reliever of the year award the last two years. Is that possible? Something I, like I that. I'm not sure about that. I don't yeah, want to say, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure, but he's obviously one of the premier relievers in the game. Yes. And I agree. I mean, like that he is an amazing trade. It, if you end up trading all three of those guys, you're, you're in a full on rebuild. So it's like, is that what you want right now? Does any team ever really want that? Especially the Brewers. I feel like the Brewers have just, they've almost mirrored the Cardinals and being like kind of like a, a model of consistency over the last few years. And, uh, you know, we know what happened with the Cardinals last year. Do the Brewers want, they saw that firsthand. Do they want to go into that? And that's, and and if there's trading those guys, I think the Cardinals can bounce back and, and compete this year. I don't know if the Brewers, if they trade all those guys, are going to compete anytime soon. So it's, you got to make a decision, and that is a tough, tough one to make and a tough yep. sell to your fan base. Uh, by the way, Williams has twice won the tr the um, Trevor Hoffman National League Reliever of the Year last year, and then 2020 was the first time when he was just balling in front of Josh Hader. Uh, speaking of Trevor Hoffman, his, his old teams, the Brewers, and now let's move on to the Padres and relievers. They are bringing in Yuki Matsui who led the league over in Japan in saves. I believe he had 39 last year. It sounds like the deal is going to be four years and 21 million for the 28-year-old. How big a deal is his arrival? Uh, it's like a decent-sized deal, I think. I don't know. Not impressed, um, huh? I, I am impressed. I think it's a smart move by them. Obviously, you're losing. They lost a bunch of guys in their bullpen. Who'd they lose? They lost Hader. They lost Luis Garcia. They lost... They, they traded Barlow. Nick Martinez. So, you know, where are you? Okay, this guy's coming over from Japan. He's had a lot of success over there. Uh, and, you know, Short King, what's up? I love that uh, about him. But where are you going to find a guy that you can kind of maybe um, project to be a back-end type guy in the big leagues mm -hmm. for four years, 21 million? No yeah. posting fee. 
So this is a value play by the Padres. You know, they're trying to shed some payroll. They're going to have a little bit of room to work with, but they have a lot of, they still have a lot of stuff they got to do and players to fill. But I think, so this move, you know, every team needs to shore up or at least try to shore up their bullpen before the season comes. I always talk about how fluid the position is, um, but you want to have, you know, a, a sense of where you're going to be. It's, you know, it's, the bullpen has become a very, very important part of today's game. And to get a guy who, you know, you can, like I said, project to be in the back end, four years, $21 million, it, it makes a lot of sense. Now, is this going to pro- like propel them into the top of the NOS? No. Uh, like I said, they still have a ton of work to do, but I, I like the signing. I, I'm curious to see how he does. There has been some reports that like he didn't love the WBC ball, which is, I don't know if they use Rawlings Major League Baseballs. I don't think they do. It's still a little bit different there. You never know how these things are going to turn out. But again, I think it's a great value play for the Padres. And, and that's kind of where they're at right now. Like they're going to have to be smart, you know, with that. I think they've got like 25, around 25, 30 million left to stay under that first tier of the CBT, which they want to do. They're going to have to be smart with their moves. And I think this is a, a smart move for them. I think it's fascinating. You just start with his dimensions, 5'8", 165. How many big leaguers do we have that fit that? I mean, unless Pedroia struck, you know, snuck in under my nose. I don't know how many dudes. Not are. a lot. Yeah. But they're good. Five, eight, when, when when they're there in the big leagues, aren't they usually pretty dang good? Hell yeah. Billy Wagner might get into the Hall of Fame this year. He was under 5'10", I believe. So now, different deal, even though they're both left-handers. Uh, this guy sounds like he touches 95, 96, sits more 92, 94, but has a nasty split like a lot of the pitchers from mm-hmm. Japan who come over here do. There has been some pedigree of guys that have done very, very well. Usually when Japanese closers come over here, they're actually in their early to mid-30s. Certainly the guys that we have seen do fairly well, right? Koji was 34 when he got here. Now, he started out as a starter for the Orioles and then became an extremely successful reliever and was on the mound when the Red Sox won it all, I believe, in 2013. Kaz Sazaki, for people that don't, don't remember him, he had a short-lived career with the Mariners about two decades ago. He was 32 when he got here, but he was nasty. He could really throw the ball. Now, this kid's stats, look, they read great. He yeah. struck out 32% of the batters he has faced in Japan, but he has a career walk rate of almost 11%. It dipped down under 6% last year, which is... Good. You can live with that. 11% over here. No, 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 no. That ain't any good. But I'm fascinated to see how it works out. So for me, it's two thumbs up in terms of interest. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I watched some of his um, his outings. He's got a nasty uh, breaking pitch as well. Uh, splitters there. I could see how he's going to miss some bats. You know, it's 5-8 angle, left-hand side. It's going to be interesting to see how everyone, you know, adjusts to him. Um, but yeah, I, I dig it, man. I think it's a good move. I think a lot of teams probably should have been in on this guy. Just from the value any, aspect of it. Did you face any real short dudes in your career? I mean, I can't imagine five eight you faced. Um Ventura for the Royals, RIP. He was a short guy, threw really hard. Um He wasn't that short though, maybe five eleven. I think he was pretty short, if I remember correctly. Okay. Was Dice K short? I don't know. I told 5'10? you. I told you on this show. I tuned him out. I stopped watching everything <laughs> with him. Watch him. It's a Strowman's long. shorter guy. Seriously, yeah, you don't I, see a I, lot of shorter pitchers. Uh, yeah. When he was pitching, is when I would is when I would make my dentist appointment because I'd rather do that than watch dice game. Oh pitch. my gosh! Couldn't handle it. Sorry. Did you like the gyro ball? It's not that. What it's was I the gyro ball. I don't know. Come on, pitch six. Dice K was six foot. Nice. He pitched shorter than that. Ha! He shortened my temper. I can tell you that. All right, today's episode of Baseball Today is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you have no idea what it is, welcome to the party. 
Go download it on your phone because it is the number one rated ticketing app. It makes buying tickets to anything out there super simple. Did you know there are more than 70,000 events every single day available on SeatGeek? So that means you can go buy your baseball tickets months in advance. You can go get your NFL. uh, College bowl season is here. um, NBA, college hoops, whatever you want. Oh, concerts, concerts. We got those as well. Here's the thing I love about SeatGeek is they rate each seat out there, not based on what price you're paying, but based on how good a deal you're getting. So you might look at it and say, oh, man, this is second row seats. I'm getting a great deal. SeatGeek will tell you whether or not you're getting a good deal by putting a green dot. Green dot's good. Red dot means slow your roll. Keep looking for another seat. And every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee. And SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of time of the event with swaps at a future date. And we got the hookup. Use the code today for 20 bucks off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase. Promo code today. Click the link in the description to download the app, and off you go. We continue on with a buckle up for safety. John Paul Morosi report that the Angels have been having discussions with one Blake Snell. Does that do anything for you? By the way, I can say that JP is a buddy of mine. I reached out to him just to lend my support, even though that's nice. Owning him. Yeah, he's owning it, and it sucks for him. But we're no, not I'm here still pissed at him. So whatever. You it's can okay. Have your you, support, you, but not hey, mine. Right. Well, get, I'm just kidding. I, I don't care at all. <laughs> would you support him? Wouldn't you support a friend? I would. Yeah, absolutely. You I, I just I sent him a, a text and just said, "Hey, man, thinking about you. I get it. I know you're bummed, but you got a lot of people who care about you. That's all." Even though is he really that bummed out? I think that that one really hurt. Um, like is Toronto, Toronto? Excuse me, just pissed mm-hmm. at him. Well, he lives in Michigan. Let's start with that, okay? He and his wife, who's a doctor, very successful. And so, you know, he's right there. He's right in the thick of it. And I don't think these guys, they pride themselves on being right and sourcing information. And he was way off, and he's got to own it, and he has. But that's all. I'm not here to You have my support, John. You you don't have to give it to him. If you don't know him, you don't have to. Yeah, but I trust you. By the way, if you know him, you don't have to. I trust you. Okay. In your judgment and character. Yeah. That's why you like me so much. Okay. Well, one of the men. Back to the question. About Blake Snell and the uh, Angels. Does it do anything for me? I mean, not really. See, Rose, like a lot of talks, a lot of this, a lot of that. I don't know. What are the Angels going to do with 17 left-handed starting pitchers? (laughs) Well, this one's a different one, though. It is different. Isn't he lefty? I will say this. I, I... I'd love for them to make move. I am probably higher on the Angels than any other person talking about baseball in today's media. I think there's still a chance that they could be good. There's some young guys there that I really like. And like mm-hmm. what it takes for a team to be successful is some young guys to step up and become guy guys. And that happens all the time. Your favorite player, the best players in the league, at one point, we didn't know if they were going to be good or not, and then all of a sudden, they're great. So the Angels have guys that can turn into that. They they really do. Uh, you know, new voice at the helm. I think Ron Washington's going to be really, really good for that mm-hmm. team. Now, I would love a Ron Washington-Blake Snell program. I think that would be incredible. So that piques my interest a little bit. Blake Snell on the Angels, I mean, sure, I'd, I'd dig it. I think it would obviously help their team, but just talks right now, it really doesn't do anything for me. And I swear, you can't have four lefties in your starting rotation. You just can't. You cannot have that. So if he was to come there, one of you dudes is getting shipped out. 
That's for sure. Mm-hmm. In my in my humble professional opinion. Well, so I think I'm the reason I wrote this question was because it feels like anybody going to the Angels right now, it feels like it's going to be a lost cause. Like, do you want to see the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner? One of less than 10 guys, I believe, in the history of the sport that has won the award in multiple leagues. Go to a team that, let's be honest right now, what would you have them in that division? Fourth? Fourth. I mean, yes, you'd have to you'd have to put them fourth. fourth. I, okay. Mariners fans don't want me to start talking about all this stuff, but no. But the, I, mean, I think the Mariners—they're behind the they're behind the Mariners. They're behind yeah. the Mariners. Yeah. Yes. And I want to preface this by saying Angels fans think I hate them for some reason. Like I asked Bassett, I don't know if you saw that clip we put out about Mike Trout. Angels what? fans are they and and they have kind of a reason to be salty and mad at everyone. Totally. I mean, they've been the butt of jokes and 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 yeah you know misplaced anger for a long time yeah so the the reason i even asked it i think it probably is a good reason to go into it is because bassett is a guy who says anything and is a big opinionated guy about the sport he doesn't just talk about the toronto blue jays and his bitch mix that's not what he does so when i had him on i was like okay well now that shohei's gone would you like to see trout gone we know the deal and everybody's sending it back like they already said they're not trading trout why do you bring that up that narrative because he's a baseball fan, too, and I asked him if he wanted to see it. I'm not trying to get Mike Trout out of there, although I would personally like to see him go somewhere else. Um, Blake Snell, does he turn them, the Angels into it? No, he's, he takes them from a bad fourth-place team to a better fourth-place team, in my opinion. But I Who's like Blake to... Snell. Hold on. Let me think about that now. Blake Snell, does he jump? Eh, no, they still don't jump the Mariners. I don't think so. No, I don't think not, so Not either. right now. I got. Yeah, they could. No. They could. they could with other moves. It's possible, but I would like to see one of the reigning Cy Young winners move it into a team where you know going into the year they're in playoff contention. That's for me. Now Blake Snell wants to go chase the dough, and if the Angels want to give it to him and use him as the tent pole for other moves this offseason, cool. I'm cool with it. But as it sits right now, like I said, he moves him from a bad fourth place team to a more interesting fourth place team. Okay. I just want to give Angels fans a little bit of love. Yes. Or I don't know if love. Just some hope. Hope? Some optimism. Yeah, hope. We love hope in this country. Okay? Uh, Fangrass has their lineup listed right now. I'm just going to go the bottom four of that order right now. Moniak, Ohapi, Shanuel. Shanuel. Right. I messed that up. And Neto. Like, if one of those four guys becomes like, an all-star or a stud, like that's really good. If two of those guys become an all-star or a stud, like now you're talking about now you're talking. Now you're talking. And that very well could happen. We've seen all of those guys have flashes of times where like this guy's a stud. So I don't think they're as far off as many people who talk about the sport for a living think they are. They need to I- make some moves and they need to make smart moves. Okay. Like they have to hit they can't just you know, roll the dice and see what happens. Like they got to be calculated and they really got to hit. But I'm, I'm buying Angel stock. Okay, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, like Ohapi's got to become what Jonah Heim was to the Rangers last year. He was like a decent yeah. player, and then all of a sudden he jumped through the roof. Right, not only offensively, I think he was way better in the first half than the second half. Had a little bit of an injury, but. Nobody stole more strikes, it felt like, than that dude. Stuff like that. So, 
yeah, could could things like that happen? Absolutely. I hope so. Listen, they, Angels fans have been through a lot of shit, and I'm not rooting against them. I'm not. Am I rooting for Mike Trout to get to the playoffs? Absolutely. So if that means it's in Anaheim, great. Be, it'd be a better story. But if he got to move somewhere else down the road, and I know it's not happening right now, but somewhere so that he can get back and get more than 13 at-bats. Go ahead, caller. Sorry, I just thought of something. I hung out with Jared Weaver uh, at the charity golf tournament okay. in Vegas, and I was talking to him about the Angels. First of all, bring Weave back in some capacity. Like You kind of need a little bit of that in your clubhouse, okay? okay? Number two, think about what you did with him. And I'm being serious about this. You've got to use your ballpark. Everyone else uses their ballpark, and, and they think about how do we you know, uh, uh, exploit some areas of it. And those stupid rocks, they're not stupid. I actually like them. But those rocks... In like left center field, mm -hmm. when Weaver used to throw out of those things, you couldn't see the ball. Like let's let's draft or trade for some tall, lanky ass right handers and have them thrown out of the rocks. Just do it. Like you have to do things like that. I know they traded for or did they trade it for Ben Joyce or they draft him? And they drafted him. The Angels? Yeah. Yeah, they drafted him. Yeah. So good. More of that. More of that. Big, tall, lanky righties out of the rocks. Um, weren't you in the no hitter against Weave? I was, and it was at it was in Anaheim. Okay, uh, it's all blaming it on the rocks. It, uh, then, <laughs> he reminded me that he came the, rocks, the next. Please. Yeah, exactly. He reminded me the next start. I think he started a lot with like four or five no hit innings against us as well. So it was like I, I love that it was a lot. All right, let's move on to the reason we're don both donning Pirates hats today. Looks like Andrew McCutcheon will hit his 300th homer in a Buccos uniform. After all, one year, five million. As cool as this story is, don't you want to see Kutch play with a contender? I want Kutch to do whatever Kutch wants to do. He's earned that. He's at the point now where, uh, you know, Jolly put out a Hall of Fame tweet about Andrew McCutcheon. Like, he thinks he's a, a sure thing because he's hitting these all these plateaus and these counting mm -hmm. stats, which I, I'm i in for it. You know, me and my hall. It's a big hall for me. Um, I think he's happy there, and I think it's nice to – Go back and and reinforce your legacy in in the city, and I think he's good for a young team. And at this point, like, I think he's just happy with where his family's at, and 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 all of that. And he wants to be comfortable. So I'm okay with him going back to a place where he feels comfortable and can kind of I don't know how long he's gonna play. I don't. I'm not gonna say right off into the sunset, but like he's earned the right to just go wherever he wants, and it's good for his family. Would I like to see him? with a contender only if he was starting and was like doing things. I wouldn't want to see him on the bench with a contender. That's, I don't think that's a role for him. I want to see him playing every day. And I think in a pirates uniform is the best fit right now. So they actually improved. And I didn't know this till I looked it up. How many more wins do you think they got last year in the previous year? Oh shoot. I have no idea. Just no give a idea. guess. Well, give you just guess. made it sound like 15. 15 is the number. Can you believe that they improved by 15 wins? I Do you know, know how many at-bats O'Neill Cruz got last year? Not a lot. 32. Yeah. 32. So in a division, and we just talked about it with the Brewers story, in a division where there isn't an ironclad runaway winner at this point, maybe. May they just traded for Jesus Lazardo, right? They brought him in. It's interesting. No, sorry. Marco Gonzalez. My bad. Jesus is still uh, stuck in Miami. Sorry, guys. Barely slept last night, so my, my bad. Got you. You're all Strike good. Here, um, Martin Perez and Rowdy Telez. So these are guys that have had success at points of their career. 
Um, we'll see where else they go. O'Neill Cruz, Brian Reynolds, Key yeah. Brian, Kutch, Rowdy. Like, that's a top five that I can get behind. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm good with it. Now, later in the year, if things don't go the right direction for the Pirates and they come up with a possible idea for him, then, yeah, why not? But at the beginning of the year, I'm good with it. I, I loved him seeing getting, what, his 2000th hit last year in a Pirates uniform because his kids... I don't think they were around the last time, or maybe one of them, maybe the oldest one was like an infant when he, something like that. Now we're going to get a chance to see him hit number 300. Remember we thought it was going to happen last year and he had that uh, that calf or the Achilles or something go wrong. So this is good. Is Kutch like a, a statue guy in Pittsburgh? He well, brought them back to life, C. Rosie. So there's three, there's two statue guys you think of in that organization, right? Clemente, Clemente and Pops, Stargell. Stargell. So those are the two that you start with. And then for decades, they just weren't very good once Bonds, Bonilla, Van Slyke, once that group got disbanded. And then, so then it was pretty slim pickings. And he was the biggest, right? He won the NL MVP. So that's possible. It is possible. I always say statue guy. It's so hard. I mean, you have to do so much to get a statue with the team. But like coming back at the end of his career, extending his his Pirates tenure year after year, like there, yeah. there's something to it. See, Rosie, I could see a little Andrew McCutcheon walking across that bridge statue or something. Pretty cool. I like that. All right, last thing. This is our final show before Christmas. Um, if there's any major, major breaking news, Yamamoto, Bellinger, Snell, things of that nature. We are going to be around next week. If not, we're going to spend some time with our families. But because it's our last show before Christmas, regardless, what is the best sports-related holiday gift you got, either as a kid or an older person? Man. Um, that's a good question. Uh, that's kind of what my Christmas gifts were when I was growing up with baseball mm -hmm. year because I, like my parents were like, we'll get to buy them anyway. Might you as get well a jersey or anything? No. Never got jerseys. It was always like a new glove, which was awesome. I think my favorite one I ever got, and probably the most beneficial to me, my dad bought a wiffle ball throwing machine uh, that threw like the little wiffle balls. Um, and so we got that, and that was, we just, we crushed that thing a lot. We used it so much. It's funny. I have one for Teddy now. He's like kind of just getting to the age because it kind of throws pretty fast where he can do it. Mm. Um, but that to me, I think when I look back at like all the stuff I did growing up, the best thing I ever did was hit small wiffle balls with a small bat. So if you're listening to this and you like, hey, I need to get my son, you know, hitting better or, you know, maybe just a good gift, a last second gift, a little wiffle ball machine. It's nice. So when you're growing up in Ohio, the last thing on your mind around the holiday season is baseball because you're mm -hmm. freaking digging out 18 inches of snow every other day. By the way, our neighbors... Mr. Winter, no joke, that was his name. And he always seemed like he was 90 years old, so I used to go over and shovel his driveway. My mom's like, why don't you go offer that? I was like, okay. Yeah, Mr. Winter, he must have been like 60, but he looked 90 to me when I was a little kid. So the two things I can remember, one is the electronic football, which people who are like maybe in their mm. 40s would remember, you line up all of the blockers who are, they don't move or anything. Like the offensive linemen are all the guards are like this and the tackles are like this. And 
You have this little foam football that you could you'd set up the play and put a divider between the offense and defense so they couldn't see your alignment. And you'd turn the thing on and go, and the guy would bounce. It was impossible to complete a pass. Nobody ever completed a pass. If they say they did, they're lying to you. So I got that, and I used to like get so excited to put all the numbers down to match up with the jerseys. That was one. The other thing I got was a Keith Lee Cavs jersey in the mid-'80s. They yeah, a guy who was a really good college hooper at Memphis State. That's what it was called back then, not Memphis, Memphis State. And uh, we traded uh, char- the rights to Charles Oakley with the Bulls and brought back Keith Lee on draft day. So I got a nice. Keith Lee jersey. They couldn't stand him. He was terrible. And now I don't think he's alive. I'm sorry. I got I got one more. I got yeah. one more. Uh, yeah. And this is not even – well, it was for me and my brother. We got a Nintendo console, regular Nintendo, and we had Mike Tyson punch out. Which, when you're young, it's like the hardest game ever. But I remember watching my dad sit there and beat the whole thing, including Mike Tyson. And I just thought, this guy's a superhero. Like, my dad can do it all. He can beat Mike Tyson. Uh, Mike Tyson punch out. That's when I started to, like, idolize my father. So That's pretty good. Wasn't that yeah. the one where it had Glass Joe? Glass Joe, yep, yep, yep. Knockout. Knockout. Knock him out. That one. Yeah. That's good. All right, listen, have a wonderful holiday season to Olivia and Teddy and Isla and Dan Rourke to you and your family and everybody who tunes in because we know you have a lot of choices out there. You come and seek us out, and for that, we are forever grateful. We can't wait till we get back to five days a week. Like two days a week just doesn't cut it for us sometimes, but that's the way it goes in the off season. So thank you for everybody's support. Everybody be safe during the holiday season. We want you back, whether it's next week or after the new year. So we cannot wait to get rolling. Let's get some more big signings. Let's continue to have fun this off season. All right, bud. Go Pirates. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Brooke, the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you very soon here on Baseball Today.